Welcome to another episode of Peers Over Beers, your favorite digital and social evangelist podcast with your industry veteran hosts, Chris Tetzel. This podcast starts now. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another Peers Over Beers. I'm Chris Detzel, and I have three special guests today, and I'm going to let them say their names. So why don't we start with Jeff? Hey, guys, it's great to be here once again. My name is Jephta Abu, and I'm looking forward to this session. Great. Jay? Hey, everyone. This is Jay Ilangu from India, and this is my first ever conversation in Peers Over Beers. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Hey, everybody. Uh, this is Ronald Williams. I'm based in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm also my first Peers Over Beers, so looking forward to the conversation. And you guys know this is going to be recorded both on video and audio, right? Okay. Um, well, you know, so I talked to uh, Jeff several months ago about some big project that he was kind of working on. And, and some things that he mentioned to me was, hey, look, there's way more communities going on, you know, one in the Black community and also just in the outside of the U.S. There's lots of great communities going on. And there was some big project that you guys were working on that he wouldn't he told me a little bit about, but he didn't go in depth and, you know, some, some stuff really happened over the last several months uh, that, that you guys, I know, wanted to get on Peers Over Beers. And I wanted to kind of listen to, to more of what you guys are working on, what you're doing, some of the goals and, and those kinds of things. So I'm really excited that, uh, that you, you guys are here. And, and I don't know who, who wants to kick it off. Maybe it's Jeff. And then we kind of go around the room, if you will, the virtual room and, and, uh, and we talk a little bit about the project and, and things like that. And, and by the way, it, it's all things community, right? So let's let's yeah. let's get this going. Yeah, um, like it's a pleasure to be here once again. I feel like I'm the oldest person in the room. <laughs> well, I'm is... probably the oldest person, but yeah. <laughs> exactly. You're the oldest person followed by me. So um, version two, or let me just start with version one. Yeah. Like before started talking and Ronald said he sent me 10 copies and he sent me um like 30 copies like when I saw the resource my first thought was we can do better and quick one I'm sure that version two will be the same thing when we start reviewing <laughs> we'll probably say we can do better but yeah we did something unexpectedly like we said I started getting like comments and requests from people I've never heard of before like people in Pakistan, <laughs> people in Russia, people in Iceland, in nowhere. And I'm like, whoa, there's a committee manager in Russia. There's a committee manager in like places I've never heard of. And everyone was like, I needed this resource to like enter the industry because in the committee industry right now, there are a lot of resources, but they are all scattered. That's the truth. Like you don't have one centralized place where you can find a podcast, where you can find blogs, where you can find people to reach out to. And that was something I've never seen. So when we're building version one, subconsciously, we didn't know that we're also creating a community for ourselves because most people are like in our community now, they're expecting us to like release version two and we're like, okay, we are coming. So I think one thing we did where we highlighted communities outside the US, like Ronald said, I know about on LinkedIn, you have like 4,000 community managers in Nigeria. But if you check any reports, you will see Nigeria is 0.1, or you'll never see any report of any community manager in Nigeria. And it's crazy because where is this disconnect coming from? You have so many community managers in Nigeria, 
but they are not offered global positions. So I think that's something we are subconsciously trying to do, like give a voice to committee managers in underrepresented countries. And, and the team is amazing. I'm in Nigeria, Jay is in India, Ronald is in America, and everything we have done is virtually. We have never met in person, but that passion to like amplify underrepresented voices sort of connecting us together. And here, and here By we are. By the way, the like, beauty of technology. Exactly, the beauty of technology. And here we are talking about like a book that we just collaborated on and we are still building and building as well. So, so you know, it's, it's funny you say that because it just reminds me of, probably doesn't matter what country you're in, but in these cases, when you have folks like CMX and things like that, they do a great job of, you know, putting out reports and things. But, you know, oftentimes, you know, you, you don't see what's outside of what's in your face. You know, you just see hey, there's all this stuff going on in, in the U.S. and we just don't hear a lot of stuff going on. Well, it's because, you know, CMX is a U.S. company and we do focus a lot on the U.S. Not to say that, you know, they don't care about outside of that, but we're all kind of biased to where we live and really focused, right? And so I love how, you know, this team right here kind of did some additional research and, and found, you know, like you said, in Nigeria, lots of different communities that, you know, 4,000, that just sounds like a lot, you know? So, um, and so version one, there's, you, you mentioned that there's some interest, you know, and, and they couldn't wait to get out to version two. I don't know who wants to talk about this, but help me understand, like, one is, I'm thinking about, you know, how did you get this groundswell of people just interested? You just start reaching out to people and then all of a sudden all these, and, and, and then two, I'm curious when you say, communities, communities can be different things to different people. So you have online communities, you have, you know, people meeting together, you know, about, you know, different kind of things, you know, it could be a running community, it could be all, you know, can you be specific? It could be a B2B community, a B2C community. It could be, you know, just a, I have a running group, a community of runners, you know, here in the Dallas Fort Worth area. And I have almost 4,000 people in my community, right? You know, that are on this online Facebook group. And, you know, we don't get together. We just do on online. But there's another community that's DDR community that's Dallas Dirt Runners. They do get together for events. They also, it's a Facebook group, you know, and, and things like that. So one is, it would be really cool to understand what types of communities are you talking about? Because, you know, there's all kinds of community. Maybe it's all of them. I don't know. And then two, kind of that groundswell of, hey, we got all these people interested. And then what does version two look like? I don't know who wants to Kind of talk a little bit about that but i think we're not should take this <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was gonna say um so in in regards of like building up that momentum i think the first time that we identified some sort of like social proof to what we wanted to do was when we announced that we were going to do this book and at this mm -hmm. stage as i told you before like we had that 10 page pdf of like resources that we put together but the amount of folks that were like commenting on the post like me and jeff are talking back and forth like hey have you ever received this type of traction on like anything you posted on linkedin he's like i've never seen this before you know like mm -hmm. i think like up to like 40 to 50 plus comments from people um, 100 to 150 likes and celebrations on the post. And at that point, we were just kind of like, okay, we feel the pressure now. Like people are obviously looking forward to this type of resource. How can we leverage it and maximize it? And I think that was one of the things that helped us keep accountability um, as, we, as we created this project. The other part that helped build that momentum was the amount of folks that we asked to contribute to the project. Um, so 
it gave a lot of folks just ownership of it. Uh, when we had that second revision process, we asked literally, you know, most of our community network, hey, can you come give us some revisions? Can you give us some feedback? So that way, when we released the book, they they mentioned their contribution within the comments, or they would share it, letting people know like, hey, I helped out with this. And that was really like the, the word of mouth process that we were able to leverage um, in the promotional part. Because I mean, we didn't have any marketing budget or anything like that. So, you know, getting <laughs> to the, you know, 500 downloads that we were able to get, um, on version one was literally just folks that um, contributed, helped out to the book, um, and then also just wanted to support uh, this new community resource we wanted to bring uh, to fruition. So it's a huge groundswell of like uh, uh, just community managers interested, downloading, commenting somewhere. I guess you guys put it on LinkedIn or somewhere so that they can, mm -hmm. you know, uh, by the way, what's the book called? Uh, the Community Builders the Guide. And version one, you had a lot of downloads, 500, you said, mm -hmm. and then uh, version two is out. Uh, version two is actually going to be out end of July. Oh, okay. See, uh, that's really cool. I, I kind of wonder how many people will be downloading that. That'd be maybe in August or so you guys come back. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're, we're expecting we're yeah. expecting to do a lot of traction for this one. We, you know, personally just like invested a lot more resources into this. Okay. Like, you know, we brought in like a designer for this one to give like that better aesthetic for folks that are experiencing the book. Um, and also bringing in some research assistants to help us like dive deeper into the content and concepts that we discussed in version one. So, uh, like, we're super excited for for this version and just to get cool. that feedback from folks. Yeah, I like to. Add Sorry, one thing what, yeah, ahead, like what, so one thing what Ronald told, like I'd like, I'd like to add one thing is like the feedback yeah. which we got from the version one. So that made us to create a whole new session for the version two. So I'm talking about this career session. Uh, so uh, usually the people when they are very new to the community uh, building, right, like whether they are budding professional or so people they'll think about this community manager as a single role, uh, but there are a lot of you know, uh, nested roles within that, like you have community advocates, community evangelists, and a lot more, even uh, community ambassador programs are there. So we wanted to highlight on the other um, sub-branches of the community managers, and we want to highlight and get the, uh, you know, uh, the feedback from the real people, like how was it to working in those particular, you know, the community role. So those things we got from the version one feedback. So this made us to create a whole new session. And also we talked about one of the pressing issue of today's time, that is the layoff. Uh, so we created a, a, it's a very uh, huge mini guide, you can say, a guide within a guide, you can say, that it's going to be like one of our, you know, uh, um, like standout point for this uh, version, because we have included like the job rituals, what they have to do and what are the job boards available. And uh, like how you can, you know, um, um, come up with this LinkedIn profile, like how uh, we can, you know, um, enhance it. So it's like a whole lot of stuff is going on there uh, where we talked about this layoff stuff. Um, thanks, Jay. Uh, so, Jeff, I, I kind of wonder, I assume this is part of this book is, is around community managers that have jobs as community managers. Is that right? I just, just to make sure, you know, and, and so I'm trying to get kind of. Sure. I, I oh, think sure. the idea we are trying, sorry for cutting you short, but the idea we are going with is for every book we release, we're looking at community professionals. 
or committee, people, people are interested in building communities because we don't want to try and like segregate and say, okay, this is just for committee managers. Like, I think one session I'm really excited for is interview questions, like interview questions and answers. Like we got a lot of feedback on that for like, mm. we need interview questions and answers for community managers. So these are people that are actually interested in becoming community managers and also people that are community managers. Because yeah. something that something that Ronald missed out is we actually partnering with a lot of brands, which you will see soon, like a lot of communities that are known and we can't wait for like, people to also see what we are trying to build as well. That's exciting stuff. I think that, you know, you're, you've, the last couple of years, you've really seen the community market take off um, here in the U.S. specifically, but it's obvious that you guys say, hey, look, this is bigger than the, just the U.S. There's community, the, the community uh, role has taken off all over the world, you know, and so I assume that's what you're trying to say and, and or partly and saying, look, and, and you're trying to highlight some of those things. Is that right, Ron, Ronald? Yeah, oh, absolutely. I want to Ron. <laughs> it's all good. Um, and and I, I think to add to that, it, it's really just the importance of the visibility and reputation of community, because that also defines like the conversations we have. You know, like if all you know is is American based or, yeah. you know, Asia-based or Nigeria-based community, you're kind of missing the grand scale of like how communities globally impacting the world, you know? So um, I think that representation and diversity was like the initiative that really sparked our interest in this project. And now at this point, we're just trying to scale the amount of uh, visibility we're able to offer folks. Um, and also the other organizations that are doing great work, but may not have, you know, the marketing budget to to reach all these areas or the YouTube channel to, to post all the work that they're doing. Um, we just took that initiative to give them that space um, and create that space for folks that are doing the work. That's really cool. Um, so this book's going to be out in the end of July. Is it is it just free or is it, uh, does it, does it cost anything or what's the yeah, so this this version, we're actually trying something new. Um, so we are going to have it free just because we just like to give the information away. Uh, but we are going to have yeah. the contribution option just closer wow. to the end of the book. If you did enjoy the book, if you'd like to see another version, uh, the more investment we get into it, the yeah. more resources, resources we can provide. Um, so that's just kind of the model we're going to be using for this book. And then uh, for V3, we have a lot planned. So if those contributions go well, we're going to be pretty excited. How do you guys do your day jobs and then just this book? I mean, it seems like a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, we're actually uh, in Slack right now. Like, so we're meeting on Sunday, right? Because like we have like this <laughs> honorary Sunday meeting, yeah. like before we release the book, we always like meet on a Sunday. But um, but yeah, it's it's just been a lot of planning, a lot of communication, you know, like I think for Jay right now, it's probably evening. I'm like waking yeah. up to drink coffee. So like yeah. um, just as much planning as we can do. Um, and then also just like the self-care portion of it, you know, like if if you can't make it to the Slack message, no problem. Just get to it when you can um, and just, you know, be respectful of, of each other's boundaries and, and time. And uh, I think that's what's been, you know, helping us have the day jobs and also being able to uh, leverage these projects as well. Feels like you guys have something here, um, you know, because it's a little bit different than uh, I want to say it's different. It's different in the sense of you guys are going outside of the U.S. to really kind of, you know, say, hey, look, there's communities out here and, and then kind of say, and I don't know what the book's about yet. And, and I'm certainly interested in at least downloading the first 10 pages um, and reading it and, and, and things. Like, and I will, I'll be smarter next time. Trust me. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, but 
it's different in the sense of you're going outside of the U.S. and you're really kind of evangelizing that, the, those kind of communities and things like that. Because I would say that just from uh, over the last couple of years, like in India, you're seeing the community management role take off. Israel, I've seen kind of the community management uh, thing take off. You know, uh, now, you know, Nigeria, I, I still, I mean, that's that's awesome that it's it's been taken off. I mean, if you have four thousand people or whatever, so. Obviously, it's not just new. It can't be new. Um, and so some of this, these places I'm just hearing about. So that's, you know, bringing a, a, a focus to that is is intriguing to me. And, and it's something that I, I did wonder uh, for the longest time. I was like, are we just doing this in the U.S.? Like, I don't really, you know, when I talk to people on Peers Over Beers, you know, most of these people are from U.S., you know, and, 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 and in general, we we might hire somebody outside of the U S because like I, I run a global community. Right. And so there's people out, there's people in Europe, there's people uh, in different parts of the country that are part of the community that I've built, you know, the, you know, for a job. Uh, but I don't, I don't necessarily hire, I, don't, I haven't hired anybody outside of the U S but people do, but to actually start a community there in some other area besides the U S and then kind of manage it from that, you don't hear a lot of, or, you know, you don't necessarily hear it here in the U.S. That makes sense. What did I miss? I'm sure I missed a lot. We got a lot of time left, so. Um, I, I think, think I think one of the questions you, you spoke about was like, um, what what community means to us? Yeah. Um, and and I I think for me, it just it comes down to um, the gathering of like a group of people, and that could be online or physical, but with a common initiative or interest in mind, meaning like whatever we're going to accomplish while we're in this group, it's something that we're all striving towards or have aspirations to be a part of. Um, so I, I kind of just wanted to, to touch on that before I slipped my mind. Yeah, I appreciate that. Ronald, tell me, do you run a community today? Are yeah, you, okay. so I, I actually work for an organization called Cypress.io. We do like web development uh, framework testing. And um, I work with the ambassador program specifically. So awesome. I'm building within the community that we have in Discord, but then also managing the members and our advocates within the ambassador program. Great, and Jay, I, I know you, but I don't know that everybody knows kind of where you work and what you do. Yeah, so uh, I work for a SaaS-based platform. So it's called Kissflow. And right now I'm into this brand marketing. So we are like starting off a small community in LinkedIn group. So that is specific to a different domain, you know, like we are focusing on the digital transformation. So that is what we are just um, doing it right now. And when you ask about this, how do you manage a full-time job with this um, community builders, right? I yeah. became a night owl. literally. <laughs> yeah, well, I feel so, like most people in India yeah. that work for a you i don't know if your your company is us based but if you or your customers are us based or whatever mm -hmm. you know unfortunately people in india and other parts yeah. of the country are up late at night i mean i work yeah. with a lot of folks uh, in india and you know they're up till 9 10 o'clock yeah. doing stuff and i'm like jeez i mean they're yes. up at 7 8 9 10 in the morning doing stuff and yep. then they have to kind of which i feel for you trust yeah. me yeah, we, we kind of like shifted, you know, the, all this biological routine, everything. Yeah, Jeff. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've um, spoke before, but you know. <laughs> yeah. So basically, what, what I'm doing now is I'm consulting for a company in New York called Meristas Technology. So Meristas Technology is a fintech 
company that is expanding to Africa. So I'm in charge of like the whole of Africa in quotes, like trying to expand inside. So basically what Merisas does is it has an app that you can, it simulates how you can trade with stock, um, how you can like invest in crypto, but without ever spending money. So it's just a simulation app. Like that's what oh. it does in nutshell. And it's funny because um, I think you mentioned not sleeping. Like everyone always says I don't sleep, but I, I don't know why. <laughs> like I'm always working two for seven. And it's crazy because aside from this, we also have events we are doing. We also have like another community. So it's, I feel like when you are passionate about something like and you are consistent, it sort of creates like a ladder for you to go up. Like passion and consistency gets you to that level. Like not just passionate alone. I think that the team here is very passionate. And we are very, very consistent because it's like on the Slack, I'll just mention Jay, can you get this? <laughs> and she attends to it. Or I message Ronald. And it's sort of it's encouraging when you know your team is like really hell bent on like getting the workout. And yeah. I know sometimes I can be quite a perfectionist. Like I want it to always be better. But like Ronald said, you have to be respectful of everyone's time. And I feel like we have spent a lot of time like actually trying to like achieve um, a goal with this version too, and which will reach the goal when it's released. I feel like there's always a perfectionist in, in a, a group of people, you know, and that although it, it can be nerve-wracking whenever the when, when you have to deal with the person, whether that's you or not, I don't know, but or <laughs> but but I, I believe that you know, something golden probably comes out of it once it's done. You know, you do have to let go, Jeff, at some point and just say, okay. <laughs> but, you know, uh, to strive for perfection and you never get there, but, you know, it's probably really important because you want it to be really good and you want it to, to touch, you know, the hearts and minds of people because your passion, there's a lot of people with this passion, right? And so you want, you want it to show that you guys have that passion. And, and I can tell just talking to the three of you, there's a lot of passion there. I mean, just, just doing this on your own free time tells me that you guys are meeting on Sundays and, and you have a Slack channel and then you play, you get together like this and talk about it. And, you know, there, and, and you're talking to others and, and you've hired people to fucking do this stuff, you know, like <laughs> it's, it's, it's crazy. Like it's, it's really cool, you know? And, and, uh, you know, to some degree I can relate because I also have some of that passion, right. You know, and, uh, I've been carrying this, doing this peers over beers for almost a little over close to three years, I think. Um, and you know, I want to get the word out there. And, and I think that, you know, having folks like yourself on, you know, uh, peers over beers and just getting the word out there, you know, I'm just one outlet of probably many of the things that you guys are doing, you know, but I think it's important. I, I think it's fun. You know, it, it's, it, it's, it's sometimes though, I'll tell you, like, I have three other peers of beers I need to publish. I'm just telling you, like, and, you know, I have a passion in running. I have a passion in a lot of different things, you know, and, and I do this for a living work, you know, community stuff, and then trying to do this peers over beers. And sometimes like, it's not hard to publish a peers over beers, you know, but there's, there's some tactical things that you need to go do. And I'll get to my point in a minute is, you know, I already have this recorded. I've got to cut a little bit of the video, add kind of the, the, the opening, and then I got to push out a title. I got to push out a description and then I got to put it on video and audio. Yeah. And, and then I want to promote it. You know what I mean? Like, 
and and so you know I'm, and yeah and then i'm like okay it only will take me an hour but i think sometimes i just have that passion i'll just uh, I'll, I'll get out three or four of them you know what i mean and then like this last week you know i've, I've been trying to get out two a week and this last couple of weeks you know i was like uh i barely can get out one you know what i mean like because even though I might have time, I just want to get on this video game and just veg because, you know, my brain is just mush. So, yeah. you know, I would just tell you from experience is that passion will mm. don't let that passion just overwhelm you too much. Right now, do what you have to do what you have to. But you have to take a break sometimes, you know, because it's going to it's going to overwhelm you because it's hard. And and, you know, it's it's you have other passions, too, you know, besides your job and this the last thing you want to do is see this as a job maybe yeah, you want to get to it as a job i don't know but i mean seriously like maybe i mean some opportunity there at some point i guess but i don't know i mean that's how i feel as a community leader is is that i i give back i feel like peers over beers you know and but it's 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 not easy to continue to do all the shit myself you know what i mean so it's just but you guys yeah. have got this community together which i love and and you know, Jeff's not the only one doing this, or Jay's not the only one doing that, and Ronald's not the only right. one, you know what I mean? Like, you all are taking turns to do some things, and you're making it bigger and better, which is really cool. Love it. Um, so, sorry, I went on a little rant there, but I think, you know, uh, I'm, I love what you guys are doing. Anything yeah. in the specific book, we have a little bit more time, obviously, but anything specifically in the book that you want to just call out? Definitely. Um, so, during, during one of our conversations, um, Jay actually had this great idea that said, hey, we get so much feedback from the community managers themselves. What if we went ahead and actually asked questions to like their super users and their, and their mm -hmm. ambassadors? And I think that just added like, like it was a, cool. kind of just like the, the cherry on top of the milkshake for us, right? Because it's like for all these resources that we always do, it's like you always hear from the people that are doing the work that are, you know, providing the, the value and the content, but what about the people that receive it? You know, what do they think about it? And I think that's going to give community uh, builders, like just this new insight of like what it means to be an ambassador. And hopefully some of them will be able to even maybe build like their, their super user personas off of these answers and responses, um, rather than having to go out and do like their own surveys and exhaust their own energy to say, hey, I need 10 to 20 people to let me know how they became a super user. Um, we're just going to put this in a book and you can take that, create your personas and uh, have a successful program within your company. Yeah, actually, I, cool. I want to add that like um, Rebecca, so all this credit goes to her from Uncommon. So she was the one first, um, she uh, came up with this idea, like she told, so instead of me talking about my community, I want my super users to come on Spotlight and you can approach them. So she was like, really like she came down with us, like she spent a lot of time and uh, she also like show like some from uh, Asana tool and so many, right? There's a super users community and they are also like ready to contribute. So like, um, yeah, that was a great support we got from Rebecca. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Wow. Jeff, anything? You're on mute. I oh, think one thing we did was, um, I think the champion program, that's mm -hmm. something that is, I've not seen like highlighting like a community leader in like the space that is actually putting in the work. And like you said, it's the community space is heavily focused on the US. 
And there are so many reports to like back it up, like 70% of community managers, or even 75 are from the US. So maybe the other 25 are, like, are from other countries. And Nigeria is not even on the 25, which is very, very sneaky, which I called out. <laughs> like once someone released a report and they did 70% of community managers in the US and 30% from um, Canada, from Mexico, from India. And I was like, hey, where is Nigeria on this list? And apparently Nigeria was classified under others with 64 other countries. And reports like this sort of like, to be transparent, they help people that, they don't help people in Nigeria, they don't help people in like third world countries or underrepresented countries or like countries that are not in the US because if a hiring manager or a company sees this report, they are like, okay, let's hire from the US. And we have so many community managers in Nigeria. I said, I said 4,000 on LinkedIn, but there are probably more because I get so many messages from community managers in Nigeria, like so many, like, hey, I want to learn, like I've been applying for a job, so I think that champion program is something that I love to see, like highlighting people that are actually making a difference in their community. And you mentioned that which sort of communities are we, like when you say online community, what are we focusing on that in terms of highlights? So we're highlighting community managers in different countries that have actually created a community for community managers. I know that's a tongue twister, but it's like a community for community managers in Africa we are highlighting it. A committee for committee managers in India, we are highlighting it. So that's something we're also trying to like do. I think um, someone recently started a committee, man committee for committee managers in Ukraine, which was really awesome, like in terms of what's happening with um, the Russia war as well. So yeah. I think that's something we're trying to achieve as well, like highlighting communities for committee managers in different countries. Yeah, that's it's really cool. And, and you, you see a lot of that. The, the beauty about community managers is that we love to share. So, you know, and give back and things like that. And I think that's really great, you know, and uh, that's, you know, as you kind of tap into that, uh, you're tapping that into that, into the world, right? Like to, we know that that's true. What I just said about community managers love to talk to other community managers. We know that's true in the US. We also know it's true in India, or at least I do. And I think it's true everywhere, right? You know, and, and I mean, we're just people. <laughs> it doesn't matter where you're from. And and because we're so used to trying to get people to speak and talk about things and, and do things, you know, the one thing that uh that I know is true is that, you know, for example, I want to talk about content strategy or engagement strategy and things like that. Not and you know, a lot of people in my company, most people in my company don't understand that piece, right? So how do I have to get help? Well, I have to get help to talk to people like you, right? Like, and and so that's so that's what I do. That's why I have peers over beers. Is there, there's a lot of reasons. One, selfishly, is because I need to learn, you know, what others are doing. You know, I know what I'm doing, but is it right? Is it wrong? Or there's a lot of different ways to do it. And 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 so I think community managers from all over the world want to do that because a lot of times they're in that role by themselves, right? And you know, I'm not saying there's not other roles in the world that they're not by themselves, but we're talking about community managers, right? That's what we are. So that's why we talk about it because um, that's what we do. And, and I think it's so interesting. And, and I still think that the community management role is growing. Um, and I, I'd be interested kind of in your research, you know, I'll definitely read the book, but 
is 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 it the same? So as you kind of look at community building, like when you look at B2C and B2B communities mm-hmm. here in the US specifically, you're starting to see, you know, head of community, VP of community, then director or, you know, content specialist or engagement specialist or, you know, uh, you know, people doing different user group type events or events. And, and you're seeing that whole kind of, um, uh, what do you call it? Just, you know, the role all the way from VP down, and then you're starting to see teams. And so it's not becoming, it's becoming a bigger role within organizations um, rather than just a single role. Now, I'm not saying it's not just a single role, you know, in some organizations, a lot of organizations, but over over the last few years, you've seen that kind of grow slowly, but surely. And you see it a lot here in the U.S. for sure. I'm not sure I see that yet. Now, maybe your research is different, but I, I don't see that yet which is interesting uh, outside of the US per se. I don't know if that's true, but it feels like it yeah, is. I think, yeah, I think <laughs> it's somewhat true. Yeah. We have very, uh, very small teams in India, like uh, they don't invest much for the community team. I think it's still, we need to come up to, you know, uh, we don't have much scope still here in India. So that's one yeah. thing we are lagging behind. Yeah. Chitta, I kind of wonder like, uh, is that true uh, or is that not true? What, what's, you know, from what you've seen? I'm getting off a little bit, but I'm just just curious. My apologies, um, but that's what happens when you drink too much beer. Yeah, yeah. yeah Gotta like... stay true to the brand. <laughs> <laughs> I just get all over the place. Um, I feel like there's elite adoption in like other countries, like using Nigeria for an example, like you have, community managers and you have social media managers yeah. a lot of companies combine the role in nigeria mm-hmm. like you see a lot of community managers actually doing social media work it's yeah. only when it's like um maybe a crypto company or an nft company that you actually see someone having like a discord server coming up yeah. with strategy well i'll say in the last few months there has been changes like you are, you are seeing committees that committee managers actually do community work. And I'll say in the next two years, you're going to see like head of communities, you're going to see like um, chief community directors. But right now, there's a late adoption. And some companies are just creating communities because it's the in thing now. So I would say there's going to be a fall, there's going to be a rise. So the fall is a lot of companies are going to be like, hey, why do we need communities? But the rise is going to, they're going to see that it's important. And more roles will come up there. Everyone says the new thing is now being community-led, but there are less than, I know less than five companies that are community-led because being community-led is like you are giving your community the um, ownership of your product. Like, hey, what, do, what should we do next? And most companies don't do that. And another question is how you need community is community-led is, um, sorry for diverting a bit, but... <laughs> I just feel like I should say this, and and that um, way to know if a a company is community-led is, if the community is not present, will the company die? Using an example, um, comes up, um, the community is community club, and it it relies heavily on the community. So if the community is out of there, like the business model will be affected, but most um, companies can do without their communities, but they need communities. So I'll say, there's going to be like more adoption and more roles, more specified roles and more um, like head of community, head of like community engagement. And yeah, I can't wait for that. 
yeah, I, I think I, I, I think that one, when you think about community led, I think you really need to, I think people think of that differently, right? Like there, there's a lot of definitions of what community led means, right? Uh, and so I don't know that there's a great definition of that. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Like I talk about it. I think about it a lot, to be honest. And, you know, I kind of wonder, is my company community led? Maybe, maybe not, not you know, exactly, but there's a lot of things we can do to be more of that from my definition, you know? So I think, you know, but I would say that when you look at B2B company, you know, and, and they have communities, uh, they're trying to be community led. So it's not that they're not, you know, and, and I think that if you put parameters around what community led is and you say, okay, a community led thing is these things, boom, 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 boom. I just don't think there's an industry-wide kind of definition to it. I, I do think that like Comsor or whatever you know, whatever they're called now, community-led.growth.com or whatever. Um, I think they're trying and they're trying to get there, right? And they're probably in CMX and things like that. They're they're probably the ones to try to define that. They should, you know, since they're a community company, <laughs> right? So, and I think that we'll get there. So I'm not sure, uh, Jeff, that I completely agree with what you're saying. Uh, I'm not saying I disagree either because I don't know that we exactly know because I struggle with it, to be honest. Like, well, what is it? What is it? And what am I trying to accomplish with the community-led growth type of community? <laughs> you know, so uh, I have some ideas and I have some thoughts and I'm trying some things, but do I really know? You know, like, and can I do this by myself? you know, at, at my company with 500 people, you know what I mean? Like, so you have to get people on board. You've got to get people thinking about, you know, whatever that definition is of community-led growth and stuff like that. So, look, this has been a really great conversation and you guys are doing something really fun, really cool and different. It, it, it's It's different because it's not necessarily just focus on the U.S. Actually, it's not focused on the U.S. at all. It's outside of that, you know, finding communities. What are they trying to do? And if I'm wrong, you tell me, but, and, and, and that, the, hey, communities exist outside of the U.S. And let's get the, let's, let's get the word out. Let's talk about it more and, 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 and get these people out there, you know, because I'd love to talk to more people like you guys, you know, that, that are outside of the U.S., you know, uh, as a matter of fact, I talked to somebody, where's she from, uh, a company called Mind Valley couple times um she's awesome you know and, and she's outside of the u.s right she's not even in europe <laughs> so uh i don't think but point is is that community is going on outside of you know the u.s and, and you guys are making a big point of it so any last words for anybody um oh jeff do you want to mention uh we are speaking on web3 in this one do you want to talk about that yeah, a little bit before you wrap up yeah, so as someone that's entered the Web3 space, I'll say there are a lot of buzzwords, like yeah. a lot of buzzwords, and it's met a lot of like scrutiny and it's met a lot of like skepticism. But we wanted to like actually talk to like community managers that actually are Web3 community managers because like it's best to hear from the horse's mouth. Like, what do you do? So I think that's something we we are highlighting because most times people come with the approach of let's write a full article on what Web3 is. And at the end of the day, when you read it, you're like, okay, 
So what is still Web3? So it's different when you have people that are in this space that are passionate talking about it. So we actually have Web3 community managers that are talking about what they do, like their daily routines, like yeah. what's in and I think that that's very key because when you have people Absolutely. explaining what they do rather than writing an article, it's easier to like digest. No, I think that's smart. I, I, I like that because look, I think Web3 is real. It's not that I don't believe that, but I don't think anybody knows 100% of how, what it's going to morph into. It's kind of like Web2, you know, when you start looking at all these uh social type things that came with Facebook and Instagram and all these other things that became popular, you know, and we, nobody knew that nobody knew that was coming, you know? And, and so there's a lot of things we don't know. So it will be interesting uh, uh, to see some of that research that, Hey, what are these web three people doing? Uh, you know, this is a 10 year kind of, or longer kind of journey. So we don't know. A lot of shit's going to happen. <laughs> you know, that's just, that's what I do know. And and yet, are things going to change? Yeah, probably. You know, when you think of uh, security and, and privacy and things like that, and that's why it's changing. And that's why you're starting to see more of this kind of Web 3.0 talk, you know? And so it will be interesting to kind of see some of that research that you guys are doing and, and also see how it morphs over time. Because I'll be honest, like, I just know a little bit about Web 3 and that's it, you know? So we're still in web two. We're still trying to get engagement on, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> the communities today, you know, and what's the best ways to do that, you know? So we got to, that'd be, it'd be interesting over time for sure. So, well, thank y'all all for coming uh, to another Peers Over Beers. I'm Chris Detzel and Jeff, go ahead. I'm Jeff Dabu. Jay. I'm Jay. Ronald. I'm Ronald Williams. All right. Thanks, everyone. Yeah, see.